Alright Minifans, welcome back to Minifandom. It has been an awfully long time since the last Minifandom. I do apologise, but I have been solely focused on the success of the network and Minifandom has taken a back, back seat. I had a look at the the listens on, the last time I recorded a Minifandom. It was late September when I had Coleman on when he was campaigning for the producer job. So it's been a good six weeks, seven weeks since I recorded a show. And I'm thrilled to have on, and you may know him from the Kirk Minahan show, Blind Mike. Blind Mike, welcome to the show. So the last episode you did was with Coleman? Yeah, in September was the last minute fandom I did. So you're sort of I've a released... kingmaker in that way. Maybe. Um, you know? I've, uh, exactly. I've released a few little episodes from the network on this feed, uh, but i I was actually supposed to record with Jeff D'Lo a couple of weeks ago, and he um, pulled out because of the controversy that was going on at the time with the network after my Trung watch along video. So yes. it's been you're a while. A controversial since... guy. I never know if I should be on here. You're 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 you're, you're tough to deal with. You know. I, I don't think so. I think um, <laughs> you, or, you you made made the right decision, Mike. And uh, you know, I've been sort of saving this for a while. Like I've never really had you on Minna Fandom, apart from when I I went in studio last year and stuff. And you know, I know, yeah, I've, I've been saving this up. That's all okay. I'm saying. So, so it's right. good to finally get Is that. that true. Away. I've never done. I've done a show with you one on one though, haven't I? I don't think so. I mean, maybe we have. Maybe we've done a Men's Live or something in the past. Ah, but I don't think, yes, I'm sorry. You know, sorry you know, I've done famous interviews with Dave Cullinane, and Kirk Minahan, the producers, but we've, it's never been Mike V. Menas one-on-one. Well, it's about time. We finally squared off. Yeah. So we're just in the taking care of business section of the podcast. So just want to let you know, I will try and reschedule the show with Jeff D. Lowe. So um, I will hold him to that. He, he does owe me one. Um and just a couple of business issues. Um, firstly, Mike, you're going to like this insult I received recently on Twitter. I don't know if you, you, you haven't seen this, but my Twitter profile picture is a selfie I took when I was in studio. And you were sitting next to me at the time. And obviously, because of your vision impairment, you didn't know I was taking a selfie. Uh, yes, I've seen criticisms of this, yes. Yeah, someone tweeted me and goes, that guy doesn't even want to be in the fucking selfie with you. He's not even looking at the camera. I'm like, well. <laughs> You know, it's because he's vision impaired, my friend. Well, two things can be true, but no, it was yes. I, <laughs> I, I I don't like taking selfies for that reason, but yes. Um, and and just on taking care of business, I just want to update. Where are you with bonus salad at the moment? How's that relationship going? I haven't gotten my morningly messages from bonus salad. I forget if today is like a muff diving Monday or what it is. I don't know anymore because <laughs> he doesn't message me, so I don't know if he's. Mad at me? I hope I didn't do him wrong in any way. He's he's a guy you don't want to piss off, but I haven't heard from him in a while. Yeah, either have I, thank goodness. I did block him, so that's probably why I haven't heard from him. What did you know? Why were you why were you holding him off the network? Were you scared? I was never holding never holding anybody off the network. He would send these pages and pages and pages of these crazy messages. And I said, Do your show, submit it, I will air it, no problem. Okay. Um, I don't need you know, he was giving me like tons of bullshit about how he needs a production team he needs a travel budget i mean he was just full of shit um, okay so this is controversial guys going at it you weren't that's it. worried that's that it. he was going to take your crown or anything not that no no i'm all business you know no time right. wasters allowed on the network um you know this is not the blind mic project we're all about success <laughs> we're all about moving forward <laughs> 
Are you suggesting we waste a fair amount of time on that program? I don't care for that. I don't know. I haven't heard it for so long. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, speaking of wasted time, uh, you know, I was sort of... Asks me on, has the gall to ask me on here and insult my program. <laughs> yeah, I'm only joking. I'm a big BMP fan. I, um, I you know, sort of... I don't know if I, I felt sort of, you know, bad about how much time I was going to keep you for today. I know you're a very busy man. And then I saw you spend two hours on Saturday night <laughs> on the 420 show. So I don't feel bad at time, all. Menace. It's all yours. I don't feel bad at all. At all. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I literally thought those guys. So I like the two main guys that I did a show with prior, Pat and Chris. Yeah, they're nice guys. And uh, even the other one of the one of the other guys on there, like he was a nice enough fellow. I didn't realize the fourth guy was going to be there hurling racial slurs at me i didn't expect that and based on the first time i was on it was only like 25 minutes so i thought that's what i was doing again and then i kind of kept checking my phone like this is wrapping up soon right guys <laughs> never did but i like those what, guys a lot at what point did you think about just leaving because surely you could have just said to them oh guys look i had a great time with you i gotta head off now uh no i, I would I, honestly i had a fun time with it it was a little weird at times where i was like for my livelihood i probably shouldn't be on here based on some of the words that were being said but other than that i i liked uh the the appearance with them although it's the only show i've ever been on where one of the hosts like left halfway through so i maybe my performance wasn't great because people were just filtering in and out too stoned and passed out and um, but but on that guy tony that's the source of the first ever controversy on the network since i retook over he's the one that did the the racial slur sign that led to my fallout with the 420 show because those stupid producers didn't flag it to me so it went on the network um so yeah, yeah. anyway that's why it's well, it seemed that he's amped up his performance you've set him on a path of being an edgelord it seemed like because yeah. he was following through that night indeed well, well, that's taking care of business. Um, now let's get into the show stuff. Listeners, we've got a lot to get to. We've got show topics. We've got some listener questions. And then we're going to wrap it up with Red Par Red's Parents segment. And I've got a little surprise for Mike coming up. I know Mike hates talking about himself seriously. So I've pulled out the, and I know you'll like oh, this, I've God. pulled out the questions James Lipton used to ask people at the end of Inside the Actors oh, Studio. Oh, I like that. Okay, all right. So we're going to do, we're going to do that soon. We're going to do that all soon. Right, that's fair. I like um, James Lipton, so. I used to love that show. You can't actually find it many places to watch it now, but um, great show. Anyway. Indeed. All right. So uh, firstly, just a bit of reflection. And I know you don't like to say that, but I was, I can't believe next year will be five years of KMS. My first question, Mike, is are you surprised it's lasted this long? Are you sure the James Lipton segment hasn't started already? I like the <laughs> delivery of that. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not surprised it's lasted this long. I, I, I don't know. Cause like Kirk says, like, um, he talks about KNC, how like, oh, you know, that would have been done eventually anyways. I never got that feeling as a listener so maybe i'm just naive in that way but like no I'm, I'm not terribly surprised it's lasted this long five years seems like a good run if maybe i'm more surprised he signed a four-year deal just based on the way he's talked in the past so that'll make it a total of what eight eight years, years yeah yeah um so maybe i'm more surprised at that because that that feels like a longer time but maybe just because i'm living in it five doesn't seem so long it feels like it's flown by kind of it has flown by and you know you look at that sort of 
end of 2019 and then 2020 when he started to have the big fallout with Barstool. It looked like he wouldn't, you know, survive at Barstool for very long. They were going to go subscription, all that stuff. Yeah, but- yeah. You know what? It maybe, maybe if you have, if I put myself in the mindset of uh, the summer of 2020, then yes, I'm shocked. <laughs> maybe, but yeah, in terms of like when the show started, if you said, "Is this going to go five years?" I wouldn't have a reason to say otherwise. You know. Yeah. Um. And. You know, I sort of think back to before it started, you know, you were a fan of Kirk just like I was, obviously. You know, you were a lot closer to him than I was. So, you know, I think the show has sort of was thinking about it's kind of become what I thought it would become. That, um, you know, you know, I'm not surprised by the way the show has turned out. Like Kirk's genius has come through and he's built this wacky world and community. And I think that's, you know, what he started out to do. Oh, for sure. I mean, I've used this analogy 10 million times, but like I grew up listening to Opie and Anthony and uh, I've caught up on Howard Stern over the years. Like I didn't listen when he was on terrestrial at all, really. But like that's the type of radio I liked growing up. And I think Kirk's show is the only thing close to that, like in a modern age. And so it's very cool that I've gotten to be a part of something i always wanted to do like just to be a side character in that world is honestly something like i always uh like aspired looked, to. looked at yeah looked at with envy aspired to be a part of so that's very cool and legitimately there's not enough which is why like when kirk says uh he doesn't look at being a mainstream as big as pardon my take is usually the example he uses or whatever i've always thought i don't understand why he doesn't think he could be uh, or should be because I think he's the best broadcaster in America, and also like that format has proven it can be mainstream with Howard Stern. You know, yeah, that's right. I mean, I, I think he's not just the best broadcaster in America at the moment, but probably in recorded history. And um, I, I do think there though is a kind of element that there is something stopping it from bursting in the mainstream because it's so inside, because it's so focused on the characters. I think it's I hard think Stern to was that in. way too, and I find Kirk to be smarter and funnier than Stern. Like no, Stern definitely. had Stern had writers. Uh, you know, I mean, like there are times where you can listen to old Stern clips, and he like is he has a a quick wit to him at times. But, like Stern had writers and shit. Like I think Kirk's genuinely more funny and more curious. Like Stern didn't have any interests. You know what I mean? Like if you listen mm. to him talk now about music or culture or anything, it's kind of just shit that's been regurgitated elsewhere. Whereas Kirk has unique uh, interests and wants to dive into subjects that other people aren't talking about. So to me, it's always been something that could have, because uh, like wh- what, what the Joe Rogan talks about is mainstream. You know what yeah. I mean? He talks about UFC yeah, is- and killing elk and yeah. fucking, you know, so I, I think it's just about what can uh, gather the largest audience now. And I don't see any reason KMS wouldn't fall into a category like that. That's right. And if he were to aspire to that, then he could start to talk about more mainstream topics and more national issues and the show would get more consumption. But I don't think he's interested. I think uh, that's the the genius of him. He loves the, you know, the the, the crazy wackiness of having this small, crazy community. Um, And you can see even when Coleman, like, throws in some sort of national issues now, he doesn't really engage with them. Like, Kirk, I think Kirk's sort of over that he just wants his little own little world to revolve around him and you know he's successfully done it 
Maybe, yeah. I th- I'm sure when topics come up that he has an interest in, interest in, he'll dive into that. Like if a Cullen type of thing presented itself now, I think he would definitely still dive into it. Uh, or Ben Albright or someone like that. I just think it hasn't really been there the last year or two. No, and he's not. I don't think he's really looking for it either. Um, but you, you, you listen to a lot of podcasts, and you know, especially in the comedy space. And I know they have quite engaged listening audiences. Do you think there's something unique about the level of engagement that the KMS audience has with the show? And, you know, it's a very tight community. And, you know, I'm in this bubble, so I think, oh, no podcast has this tight community. But, you know, you've, you've spread your wings a bit. What do you think? Oh, I, not even close. The, the idea that Steve from Gloucester got his entire, <laughs> essentially his, his whole video played on the show. <laughs> and then two days later, a letter he had written got read <laughs> in, in full. Uh, so, yeah, there's not a lot of shows that would give a guy like that the time of day. Or, the you know, that can message the host or the producers and get a response or uh even message the producer and get a seat on friday or whatever you know what i mean i don't I, there's not another show like that that i can think of ever no yeah agree you you must you must understand the joy that i had when i listened to the steve from gloss episode first i was the first person to listen to it and i was the one that you can imagine <laughs> right, how happy yeah. i was mike i mean i was it was the perfect kind of minifan madness. And I have heard since then that that letter that Kirk read out was sent prior to the recording of that episode, um, just for the timeline. Steve from I Gloucester figured, insists, yeah. Yeah. insists I get that out there. Um, oh, and also Steve from Gloucester's asked me, <laughs> he's not mad at all, he's asked me to ask you, Mike, if what it was like for you being in studio when you called Steve from Gloucester, you know. He asked you to ask. Did he yes. really? Yes. Yep. <laughs> it changed everything, Matters. <laughs> changed everything. Well, okay. I, I have to ask you, why did you take his. I apologize if you explained this already and I missed it or something, but why did you re upload the video with his face covered? Well, he asked me in the DMs, oh, can you cover my face? This is when Kirk tweeted it out. Yeah. And. I said to him, no, like that is an image from a show you've been on. You, your face is out there. Like you've been on right. Mike and the Minifans. And but, and so I said, no, I'm not going to do it. And then he begged me and then he sent me some emails about some personal stuff going on his on his life, which I, I don't know if uh, I believe. He gave you the and song gonna... and the sob story. Yeah. And, and in the end, Mike, unlike, say, KMS, it, the network is a bit of fun. I don't know how bad someone's mental health is i don't want someone freaking out because their face is out there so i thought it was quite amusing to upload it with a clown instead um gotcha. yeah i'm a nice guy deep down i'm a nice guy and if he would i don't know how yeah. if he was really suffering i wouldn't want that from anybody um but my, my mistake was not waiting i should have waited until after the main show was recorded and then done it because for some reason i got a lot of flack just for helping helping out the team um, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm sure I, I don't know what uh, sob story he gave you, but my response to him would probably be, and maybe I would have caved too, but it probably, I would probably say like, your face is already out there. What did you think when you sent this in? You know mm, what I mean? And that's but, what I said at first, but he kept, he but, kept yeah, but, and then you can't win if you're a nice guy either. Cause that now I think he's going in later this week or something. So well, we'll, that's, we'll that, as soon as he, as soon as he said he would go into studio, I re-released that episode Yeah, because I wanted the, the one with his face and all the views out there. So I thought, well, if you're going to, you know, he was obviously lying to me. He was obviously just freaked out about uh, the exposure that episode got. Um, anyway, he's, yeah, he's, he's also he's sent me an character. image now. 
there's a famous um, statue in Gloucester, and instead of Steve from Gloucester's face, it's going to be this statue now as the icon. So, anyway. oh, good, <laughs> thank God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, so one common thing about you at the moment, Mike, is everybody the, the Minifans think you're comfortable and you're happy now and nothing seems to rattle you. Is that right? Or do you still, you know, I know in the past you would go home and you, your mind would be swirling about what happened on the show and you'd be a bit rattled. This was before maybe the blind camp. But now, does, does that still happen? Uh, I would say I'm definitely better at it. I'm sure my, my cage could be rattled still. But uh, I think I'm definitely better at it. And that's mostly because, like, at that time, like when I left, everyone refers to the uh, fencing in the blind camp, mm. but I, I would attribute it more to, I was in therapy like three times a week for that uh, four month period or whatever it was. Um, so it has a lot to do with that. And then I've been in like weekly since, um, and uh, I was on uh, medication for a while. So I think that sort of helped mellow me out, but no, I think my approach to it is a lot better. And like, you know, I made fun of uh, Julie on today's show for being overly sensitive, which like uh in this instance no one's called me out but i'm sure people could listen to that and be like well mike's been a sensitive pussy before <laughs> and they would be right but like i'm also aware like when i am being a sensitive pussy you can't do that on kirk's show you can't walk into that studio and be offended by jokes even though i'm sure i have been many times you know so you're in a better place how you know so kirk also seems you still make fun of you and stuff but he, he, you know, because you're not his employee anymore, you, you know, you you don't have that relationship that you had before. So it can be a lot more comfortable. Is that why you don't take any money? Um, not, I, I like the set. So in a sense, I guess so. Cause I like the setup now where I go in have fun on the show. Hopefully I'm good on the show. And then I don't necessarily have to listen like, um, I felt like when I was doing like Mike and the Minifans and shit, I felt like I had to watch every YouTube show and like read every mm. tweet and everything because that's how I would get informed, make sure I was totally informed on everything going on. And then I would see shitty tweets about me and I would obsess over them and feel like I had to respond or else I was running away and all this shit. So like, I think it's more, I don't want to be an employee of the show because I like this relationship that I have with the show right now. And I also won't, you know, I can do my own thing without like, um, like I was saying about Gus today, where like, uh, when he asked me, what are you doing, Gus? And he's like, ah, I'm, I'm doing, like, he has to come up with like, almost an excuse. Like, yeah. that would give me a, a lot of anxiety where I felt like every moment I had to think of, okay, what if they asked me what I did today, what am I going to tell them? And that rather than like trying to be creative or come up with actual things to do, I was looking for things that would sound good if I had to explain them, which I think was probably a bad way to go about that, you know? Yeah, I get it. You want to pursue your other stuff, but you don't want that pressure. And it's a bit like we were saying that 420 show where you spent two hours on it. Like if you'd been an employee for the show, Kirk might be saying, what the fuck are you spending what two hours? What the fuck hours? are you doing? Yeah, right. You Never know, mind with Appride or any of that. Yeah, right. Yeah, that two hours could be spent on the show. So I, I do get that. Um, and, and are you like happy with the way everything's going away from KMS, like Blind Mike Project, all that stuff? Like, you know, is that making you happy? Very much, yeah. It's Why are you better. laughing? It's gone better than uh, it's gone better than I thought, and like 
the Patreon and my YouTube now and the downloads and everything have grown gradually, like very small numbers, but gradually every month. So I'm very satisfied with it. Okay. And if if there is if there is anything you struggle with now, what is it? Hmm. You mean like kind of just yeah, yeah, anything. Um obviously don't say anything too personal. (laughs) Yeah, I mean other than anything I wouldn't say on here. Nothing comes particularly to mind. Um good. Well digging, but there's nothing there. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe we'll find something by the end of this episode. Yeah, that's it. You, I know you don't like doing the live shows. I think we're, we're not doing KMS live shows. Is uh, probably yeah, for you. well, yeah that that that's a good one. Like I've gotten better at being less nervous, but that's another one where I feel like um, at the Plymouth show or the Portland show or the Will, like the big theater shows. I feel useless because I can't see or hear anything. So well, I don't know what the fuck everyone was in the same moments. boat. Everyone was in the same boat at the Plymouth show. So that that, that felt nice. That was an even playing field. That felt better. <laughs> but um, yeah, th- those. That's where I feel like bad. Like I don't know what to do. I feel like I'm wasting space up there, basically. Um, so those I I get a little weird for. But I'd say I'm better. Um, like I couldn't be at Saco, unfortunately. But something like that, I think I would handle better. Than I did a couple of years ago. Mm. Speaking of Plymouth, you know, it makes me think of our old friend Dave Cullinane. And yeah. I have wrestled with this a lot. I don't quite understand what happened to Dave at KMS, Mike. Like, you're close to him. You had all those car rides. You know, I was yeah. thinking about it recently. It was almost like, you know, the Everest analogy, like getting a job at Barstool and KMS was like climbing his Everest, but he didn't really have a, a goal when he got the job. And and he's, I don't know, he went stale, but what do you think? Like it was his dream job. I thought he was perfect for it. And then by the end, he was completely switched off. Um, yeah. And I think maybe the amount of time he spent on the case, like, I think he started paying less attention to KMS probably, which might be how Kirk wanted it even. Like maybe that was the thing, like focus more on the case. But I think when that happened, I don't know that he ever turned back. Like the thing I always look at is the Instagram, nothing being uploaded to the Instagram for three months. For whatever reason, that stuck with me where I'm like, that seems crazy. Mm. But I think it's just because he knew like Kirk wasn't going to check it. So who gives a shit? Or even he just forgot about it or whatever it was. I think stuff like that, he just got kind of complacent where like, at the beginning, he was motivated. Remember, he started the website. Yeah. Um, with all went, the, I, I don't know what the hell it was. Quickly. Like he never got any interns. He never, he, you know, he, he he switched out off pretty quickly. Yeah, I think he got very comfortable. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it really because I I don't work with him in a way like if Steve lost interest in the show or whatever, I would have noticed because I dealt with steve every day in that regard but dave i didn't like work with exactly you know what i mean so i never noticed a a drop off or anything but um i i I never thought he i never noticed it on the show at all that he was like disinterested or anything um i thought he was the same same guy all the way through more or less but he mentioned something towards the end that he he didn't think the producer job would just be finding stories for kirk to talk about uh, which i I was sort of trying to read into that, that you know, maybe you got a bit sick of that whole thing. You know, you got to find 10 stories and hopefully Kirk talks about three or four of them. I, I don't know. What do you think? 
I don't know because I mean that's what Steve was doing and like Cullinane filled in for that month of July when we first started and I assume Cullinane had stories to present then so I don't know why he wouldn't have known that was the job necessarily yeah you know because if, if I was producer of the show I just would not I would not run it that way I would not turn up and my job being I'm just going to feed 10 stories to Kirk and hope he nibbles at a few I'd want a more collaborative effort but you know you know, just, I just can't believe Cullinane. You know, it's a dream job for him, and he's somehow just gone. He's gone. Like, would he, you say that's why you're not the producer? Is because you wouldn't have gotten a more collaborative? You've turned it down essentially. Oh no, no, no! I would, I would categorically be the producer if I was in mass. Like, <laughs> I heard you say. I like that you say that because Kirk has said absolutely not. But, but, but <laughs> I, he, I like that you stuck to it. <laughs> but, but he, like, he would have no choice because I, I would have been brought in in the producer search and he would have been completely wowed by my skills and my overall production ability. Is that and right? I, yeah, he would have just been unable to say no. Like, for the good of the show, he would have been able to un, unable to say no. Um, well. I do think Cullinane does want to be a bit of the star, though. You know, I'm starting to get that, you know, with the hits that, I think he actually likes being in the limelight. Yeah, I, than, I never, I never would have thought that. But then when I see that he's on like TikTok and all this shit, I'm like, oh, maybe he has a personality that like, I'm surprised he's not, he seems like a guy that would be, would have more of an ego, but I don't think that he does, <laughs> you know, does that make sense? Yeah. yeah I, so I'm surprised by it, but not shocked, I guess. No, he can make fun of himself and he can be the heel, sure. but I think, yeah, I think he, he enjoys being in the limelight and it was kind of sad that he went into studio like a week after leaving the, the job. Why is that sad? I don't know. I mean, he could have had some pride and just given it a little while. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean, pride? He, let, <laughs> he, he came back, he enjoys doing the show. What's wrong no, with that's that? Good. Okay. Well, maybe I, I, maybe I don't know if I could have done that. Like, I've sort of been fired, and then I just go in a couple of weeks later. Um, well, it was amicable. <laughs> don't, don't forget. They came That's to the conclusion at the same time. I did like the behind-the-scenes video of him walking into the studio and sort of shaking hands with Coleman, and you could tell there was a little bit of awkwardness there, and then he sort of sat down. Were you in with him that day? Um, I was, yeah. You know, I, don't know if this, I don't know if this made the video, but he goes, he sits down, he kind of looks around, he goes, all right, like what you guys are done with the place. <laughs> he was kind of giving his stamp of approval. <laughs> yeah, well, he's a lot cleaner in that studio. That That's certainly true. I know you wouldn't have noticed, but when I went there last year, you could tell that place had never been cleaned. Um, <laughs> so I think Coleman's got that, you know, I, I think Coleman eventually will come out and he's got that, you know, cleanliness that that section of the community has. Um Yes. What do you mean? What do you mean by that? What's sick? Well, I, I, I think maybe he's batting for the other team, but he just doesn't know it yet. You think so? Um, yeah, I think that's the Coleman's in the Coleman's in the closet. That's my. That's interesting. Now, yeah. are you just saying that because he likes Harry Potter, or what? What is it about him? No, it, it's just it's just everything. I mean, you know, certain looks he does. He the way he talks about women, the way he talks about porn. Like, I, I just think it's maybe there's feelings inside of him that he hasn't explored yet. And, okay. I mean, he did. Uh, he brought up having a porn star in his first day, but is that something a man in the closet would do? That's interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. That's it's like a beard type thing. Interesting. I'll keep an <laughs> speaking eye. Of the, speaking of the producers, um, so I'm going to ask you, if you had to pick two producers from the producer search now, so obviously not back at Soko, so you've seen what Gus and Coleman have done in the last month. 
if, if Kirk says, all right, Mike, you're in charge, pick me two producers from the, the set of producers that applied, I'm not available, uh, who would you pick? Uh, I think, I think probably, I'm well, Will, I probably, <laughs> Coleman and Will. <laughs> Coleman I and Will, okay. I, I think probably Coleman and Gus still. Like, they're, really? well, here's the, here's the problem with that question is, A, I think both those guys have been uh, good on the show for the last month or whatever. Okay. But also, I'm, I'm not up on, like, what Mick has been doing. I mean, I was in with Mick once, but other than yeah. that, like, I don't know what he's been doing. So we just have much more of a average. sample size. Uh, I've missed the latest episode. I apologize, yeah. but uh, we have, have much more of a sample size of what Coleman and Gus are doing. I can't say like, oh, well, now of course Montante would be a better choice because there's been nothing to show that. You know what I mean? Well, I mean Montante's been hosting the Jerry Callahan podcast. He's got on to bigger uh, and better show, things, which would show manners. If you remember, that would be bad. Steve units, E1, vibe units. It'd be bad something. I think, though, I said it on Mike and the Minifans, but I'll regurgitate it here, that, you know, that is a massive win for Kirk because hell would have to freeze over before Kirk Minahan allowed Montante to host the Kirk Minahan show and Jerry Callahan has, you know, brought in Montante to host his show. So I think it's right. a win for Kirk. Yeah. Um, yeah I, yeah, I would say so. It, it's also weird, like just that whole scene where it's like Jerry, Craig, and Alice. It's like, why does Jerry, I'm or, or, sorry, Montante, Craig, and Alice. It's like, what's the point of that, Jerry? Unless they're doing it like, if there's some advertising reason. Yeah, I think it, it is. I think it must be ad dollars and stuff. Okay, then that then that's fine. Do what you got to do. But other than that, I was like, why would they need to put out a show that I got to understand the idea of it, but. Mm. So back on the current producer, so you're sticking with them. All right. So I think Coleman is on the right track. I, I don't think he's, I think he's trending upwards. Would you agree? Uh, yes. The only thing I worry about with him is like knowing the stories still seem to be, it seems like he hasn't picked up on some of Kirk's kind of like, you know, I'll play along with this topic, but I don't love it. <laughs> Yeah, you can you can tell he kind of gives that vibe with certain things Coleman brings up, and I don't know if Coleman's like how much he's picked up on that enough to filter them out. He brought brought up some footballer today on the show, and Kirk was just like, "I don't even know who. I don't care about that guy." Like, you know. um, well, yeah, his it seems like I mean Coleman's a guy who applied to be a producer of Barstool Sports. Like, he didn't know what Kirk's show was mm. when he started there, which is not a, a fault of his, I don't think, but like that's just how his he was a fan of barstool and i think you can tell that in a lot of his stories so i think the one question i have with coleman is like will he figure out what stories kirk wants rather than like what might be good for the algorithm or whatever that's true but i think the one good thing about coleman is he's coming in with a lot of stuff so oh, kirk sure. is that, just fine. The, the, the main thing is there's never a yeah i got nothing else like he's always prepared yeah, and, and I think the content he's doing off-reservation, like the KMS scenes, you know, that's getting better. I thought the producer show was fine. Like, I think that sort of content is fun. You know, I think he's 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 smart enough to sort of put his finger to the wind and just see what's, you know, what's cooking, whereas, you know, I don't think some other producers have had that in the past. Like, I think Coleman's really in tune. He can take feedback. But I think Carl got, you know, his nose out of joint a bit about, with feedback. 
Yeah, I don't I don't remember Coleman getting too uh out of joint about it, but I do think Coleman takes it more constructively. Like whereas I think if you criticize Cullinane, Cullinane's more like, well, fuck it, this is how I am. Whereas I think Coleman seems more malleable in the sense that he's like, okay, well, I'll change this and try and fix it, you know? Mm. But based on the way you asked that question, it seems to me like you're down on Gus. Is that not true? No, 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 no. I I like both of them. My concern with Gus is that he's lazy. Um, and so I'm not. Get, I don't get a. I don't get a lazy vibe from him necessarily. Misguided maybe, but I don't. Okay. I don't see lazy with him. Yeah, but it's. Yeah, I, I don't know. I like Gus. I just. I think. I think he's struggling to find his his position, and um, you know, it's up to Coleman. Coleman and Gus really need to divide up the job. So, Gus, when Kirk asks him, "What have you been doing?" He can say, "I've done this," um, rather than these vague things he said on on today's show. I suppose, yeah, but I think sometimes I, I I think with what Gus's job is, like, there's going to be yeah some producer stuff. He should be looking for stories and cutting clips and all that, you know, sort of technical stuff. But I think the nature of Gus's job, like today, you know, the subway thing came up, and I'm sure he's currently, as we speak, on his ninth uh, foot long of the day, but. <laughs> Every day, I don't think necessarily warrants something like that that he can go out and film or whatever. Oh, yeah, so I think that's definitely. where a lot of his job is, where it's like there's going to be days where he has to spend 10 hours on some ridiculous bit, and there's going to be days where that just doesn't happen. Yeah, for the love of God, as long as we don't get more trung, as Steve would say. <laughs> Why uh, do you hate trung so much? No, it, was just, a, it was a funny bit, and then we moved on. <laughs> I know. I'm just joking. Um, yeah. Look. Uh, so, so you're sticking with Coleman and Gus. You know, you wouldn't, you, you wouldn't swap any of them out apart from Will. Yeah, I mean, Will, Will's my guy, of course. But no, I, I, I think it seems like the right choice. Like, you know, yeah. I think if Montante was in Gus's seat or uh, John from Scranton was in Coleman's seat, would yeah. I, would I say like, this is, there's no way this will work? Probably not. But still, I think these guys are both doing a good job. Yeah, I have. A, I've, I think Kirk made the right decision not picking John from Scranton. I think his ego would have got out of control. Wow, and that's your quickly. boy, and you're saying that. I love John, but he he just can't shut up, and that wouldn't fly on KMS. Yeah, I mean, the it, it was fun to debate <laughs> for a month and a half and everything, but like also, Kirk's going to make it an entertaining show, no matter which mm. one. As long as the show gets up, it was going to be an entertaining show, you know. Oh, yeah, Kirk, Kirk's obviously. It's all that matters is Kirk is there. And um, all right, so when you're listening to the show, Mike, who is you, who are your favorite third chairs? Um, of all time? Just generally, just give me a few. When you when you listen back, who do you who do you enjoy in the third well, I chair? I said I think they 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 because uh, this was a recent Mount Kirkmore or something, right? Yep, maybe. And I think they mentioned it to me on Saturday night, and I said my four. Okay, well, would be. Whitney Clemmer, uh, Mutt, and Montante. Okay, it's probably controversial that I have no Carabas in there, but well, for me, those four—I think those four guys are all fu- like have been uh, been on funnier shows than Carabas has been on. Yeah, I mean Whitney's great; he's a great ball breaker. But do you find yeah. it just devolves into him talking about his golf game? No, I haven't found that really. I think Whitney's funny. I, I think if you were going to say something like that, like it devolves into this more, it would be more when Cullinane was on 
there would be a lot of Whitney just goofing on Cullinan, <laughs> but I, I never mind that. Which is fun. Yeah, I enjoyed that yeah. too. <laughs> Especially knowing how much Cullinan idolized him and then he was just tearing him to shreds. Yeah. But if I had to say what, I would probably say Mutt. And yeah. maybe that's not fair because I'm a, it's nostalgic because I was also a Kirk and Callahan fan. But like to me, Mutt seems like probably the most natural fit of those guys. Yeah, I love Mutt on the show. And it is a, a predisposed bias to all those years spent listening to him at AEI and finally having him on the show. I think it's fantastic. He, yeah. he is A1, A+. Plus. Um, and who else? Montante. Montante just... He's just a good hang, Montante. And, you know, I identified this a long time ago. I could just see his talent. Like, he's just good at just shooting the shit, like one of the boys. For sure. And he's a good uh, – he, he takes shit pretty well for the most part and, and doles it out. So, yeah, I, I like mm. I like Montante on there. Okay. That's a good Mount Kirkmore, though. Well, Mount – what are we doing, Mount Kirkmore? We've got, that was yes. brought up on the main show today. Kirkmore, I, I believe, was the final decision. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to stick with Mount Kirkmore. That's the yeah. official decision from the CEO. Um, so Clem is due in studio on Friday. Um, you, you guys have had a really bad falling out. I know this, you know, deep-seated rivalry between the two of you. Yeah. You know, where is that at? Where is this, you know, titanic battle at? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how much of a battle it's been. Uh, I'm fine with him. I don't know. My guess is he passive-aggressively dislikes me but won't say it. That would be my guess. Yeah. Because like um like we go we goofed on him for the thing like unsubscribing to my Patreon and he got mad at Craig, which it was my fault. If you want to put fault on someone, it was me. Craig said it to me privately. I announced it on a major podcast. <laughs> so it's my that would be my fault, but he was like giving Craig shit. And then there was something else, like when he was in last Christmas, um I said something about him before I left, like kind of criticized him or whatever. I forget what it was even. But uh, the next time he was in, he kind of gave like a like a politician statement. And it was like, oh, well, Mike's entitled <laughs> to his opinion, that sort of thing. So I, I assume he doesn't really like me. I, I don't have a real problem with him. But I just think like his approach at Barstool was very weird. And like when certain stuff comes up on Twitter, like the at a theater near me last week, it was weird that he, again, the, the politician statement, it was weird that he put out a statement like, you know, the show has done so much for me. And if I've disrupted that in any way, it's like, what are you doing, Chris? <laughs> Just have a little fun with this. What's going on here? Do you think he's been a bit fake since he went to Barstool? Like he's kind of putting on a bit of an act? Uh, I guess that's, I guess that's what I'm saying in a way, but I, but I also don't know him. So I don't know what the real Chris is or isn't, you know? Like I have no problem with him getting a job there and doing what it takes to keep a job. I mean, you know, good on him. I mean, he's done great for himself. But, you know, he went from shitting all over Barstool and saying how, you know, if you go back, there's enough tape of him saying what he thought about Barstool. And then, you know, as soon as he sort of got a sniff of um, attention from them, he dropped everything and he's gone into a different persona. But I I, I think there's an element that's hammed up for the content. But, uh, you know, I think he genuinely loves baseball and, you know, he is a good writer and he does work hard. So th there are things that I think are true to himself. Sure. I just I I find it odd like the things that technically got him hired. I hate that 
it's uh it's been a year and a half and i'm still bringing up the 1999 <laughs> mariners but <laughs> but like that was a funny thing and i was legitimately following along yeah. like he had me rooting for uh, an old baseball team that he had brought back on some computer video game <laughs> he had yeah. me following that along and that would have been a funny thing like that that's perfect bar stool to me honestly is something silly like that that people can follow along with but like he was embarrassed i think he wants to be taken more seriously than he is sometimes yes and i just think it's kind of amazing that you know so many minna fans had this dream when kirk started like when kirk would you know started the network back in 2020 there was probably you know 50 minna fans that had this dream that they would be you know pulled from obscurity by barstool and you know made famous and if you said to me that's going to be chris clemmer i just don't think anyone would have believed you no, he doesn't. He doesn't fit the stereotype necessarily. But what's weird is like we say that, but he seems to fit like a glove there. Like they all love him, so mm. he's done. He's done something right. Yeah, definitely. All right, a couple more, then we'll get into um the uh, the inside the actor studio questions. But I actually just want to finish with this. So I went into bat for you on this ill-fated top fifty list. I had you at number two. So my rationale was. Kirk was obviously number one and Steve, although he had a very big impact, you know, he left the show a long time ago now, almost, you know, almost three years ago or two and a half years ago. And your impact has been far greater over a lot longer. Do you see yourself as the number two? Uh, I would say the, say the only thing that goes in my favor is uh, longevity. Like I've just been around longer. So I, my only, my only argument for me being at number two would be like, if you became a casual listener two years ago or more than that now, two and a half years ago, whatever, um, there's a chance unlikely, but there's a chance you could go through listening to most episodes without knowing who Steve is. Whereas you couldn't like, I'm there, but you know, two thirds of the time. So you could, that couldn't be the case with me. That's my only argument for me. Other than that, it's just about like playing favorites. Either like I hated Steve and liked Mike, or hated Mike and liked Steve. Um, I think we're pretty even in that regard. But uh, just me being around longer, I, I think would be the only argument I have in my case. Well, you've yeah, you've done a f- f- you know, so many more shows than Steve at this point. Plus, you are Kirk's you know number one sidekick or co-host as you were introduced in that podcast a couple of weeks <laughs> I ago. I corrected them immediately. <laughs> Um, uh, t- Tim in Canton, when we were debating this, you know, it was what Gus Mayo and Tim Canton. Gus and Mayo were pretty sort of on the fence about you being number two, like they were leaning towards you. But Tim in Canton, I don't know what, you know, he just loves, you know, Steve's Republican stance. He was just desperate <laughs> to have Steve number two. He was just, you know, I don't know why, but he, he because well, he started I mean, the show with Kirk. Yeah, I think if you, if we did this. It might not work with the way the list is now, but like if we were to do this two and a half years ago, I think Steve definitely would have been number two, probably right over me. Yeah, so if, if you look at it that way, show, depends, yeah. you know what I mean. So, like, I I think if you look at it that way, there's certainly an argument for Steve there because mm-hmm. him leaving the show doesn't take away what he did in that two years, you know. Um, so I, I also think, and think of how many jokes came from Steve and even still today, like just today we played clips of him saying, uh, t- calling, uh, 
the Chinese and woke liberal, liberals, communists, <laughs> or whatever he did. So, like, even today, there's Steve content around. So, like, I don't think it's a crazy argument to put him ahead of me. It's not crazy, but I don't think it's right. And, uh, you know, I, I often, I try to make the committee lock down on criteria for the top 50 list. And I've said this, but I'm going to do a proper top 50 list early next year. We're going to redo it in 2024. Steve from Gloucester's on the committee. He, he's definitely on the committee. Oh, he was good. one of the first good, applicants. Good. But my thing was, it's about impact on the show and it's about length of time of that impact. So that's where I think your impact on the show over the four and a half years has been far greater than Steve's was in the two and a bit years. How's this going um, to take? I think I think there's a chance, but the, by the time the show's done in three and a half year, four years, whatever it is, Justin could be ahead of me and Steve. Justin, I think Why? I think it's possible. Why he's not? He doesn't work for the show. He, he keeps knocking well, back jobs. Yeah, but he he keeps knocking back jobs. You I, go in. That, that's the thing. He keeps refusing jobs. I. I think by the end of the KMS run, it'll Justin will be a more hilarious figure in the sense that he kept turning Kirk down and yet is still driving to the studio to remove Gus last week and yeah. shit like that. Like I think there will be an argument made at the when the, when the book is closed. I think there will be an argument made for Justin over me and Steve. Maybe in the final episode, it's just Kirk begging Justin to take over the podcast feed, and Kirk saying, <laughs> "No, I don't want it." I'm not taking it. Yeah. Um, all right. I want to get into this James Liston. So any, anything you want to ask me about the network, um, about, you know, anything you want to get off your chest? Um, is the thing where you demand Kirk promote it more? Is that a bit when you're saying he should promote the shows more? Or is it, I'll give you another out, is it that you know him talking about you wanted to promote the show is good? No, so I've done a lot of reflection. No, no, it's none of it. No, no, no. I've done a lot of reflection <laughs> and soul searching in the last few weeks. And honestly, I think the least, the person I should blame least is Kirk. He's the one person that seems to be engaged before. He was the one person that was engaged with the network, was watching the shows and mentioning the shows. I guess when I reflected on it and did some introspection, what I came came up with was that my my residual anger was when Cullinane was in charge and he paid little attention to the Minifan world. So, so I guess, Mike, what I wanted to do when Coleman and Gus took over was I wanted to set a new standard. I, I wasn't going to just sit back and let the network just gathers cobwebs in the corner. I wanted some engagement. It doesn't have to be a lot of engagement, but, you know, I just think the producers, and you said it when you were hosting Mike and the Minifans, you were sort of across everything. I think the producers should be paying some attention to the network. Sure, it's not the most important thing in the KMS world, but I think it plays a part. So I was protesting the lack of engagement from Coleman and Gus because they take over KMS and for the first couple of the weeks it was crickets. And I'm like, I just, you know, I'm the CEO. I've got to, I've got to make changes here. I've got to rattle the cages. And Kirk got in the way. You know, he he was a bit of roadkill, and I apologise for running him over. But you know, <laughs> okay. I, I had to make a stand for my team. You know, you run the Blind Mike Project. You know, sometimes you've got to go into bat for Craig, and sometimes I've got to go into bat for people like Beanbag Ron. Sure. Yeah, I don't know if you've noticed. I haven't gone to bat for Craig that often, but but I, I guess I understand the analogy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, Kirk is probably the person I blame least about it. But, you know, I That's care about the network. It's sweet of you and, to take your knee off his neck like that. That's very nice. Yes. And also I feel that 
you know, I've got to keep the team motivated. You know, they're not being paid to do this. This is a, 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 it's, 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 a it's a passion. It's a job you do because of the passion inside you for KMS. And it's up to me to fuel that fire to keep my guys passionate. And, you know, if the main show continually ignores them and pays no attention to the content, I think the network will die. So there's got to be a, a I think we've got to the right spot now. You know, Coleman and Gus, just keeping an eye on the network. You know, Kirk's going to come on the network. So I'm really content with where we are at the moment. Right. And my, I guess I would say, wouldn't the answer to that be doing things worthy of the show talking about on the network? You know, it's not like Kirk was ever saying, I'm just going to, I'm going to, you know, uh, cold shoulder them. It's, but he would bring it up when it was interesting. Yeah, but the problem is, was then there'd be not, nothing back. So, uh, you know, if, if Kirk's saying something's interesting, why don't the producers have a little clip to play or why don't they have something to – there was nothing ah, ever there. okay, I see. You so, know, you're, yeah, your criticism is mostly with them not paying attention. That's it. And, um, you know, I'm really – proud of coleman you know he's engaged with the network now he jumps in the chat sometimes and mike and the minna fans and you know i know he and gus are paying a little bit more attention and you're right look stuff has to be worthy but i do think you know there was stuff that was worthy that was completely ignored like i thought poppy's kitchen they did a great show on re uh, on relaunch but you know nothing well, was ever sort matters. of as ceo did you ever clip something like uh hey send this to Coleman and be like, hey, you should hear Beanbag Ron shitting on Gus or whatever it is. Well, well that's you know? kind of where we're at now. So that's okay. where we're at now that I've got that arrangement where I can send clips to Gus and, and Coleman. And that was something I wanted to do. And I do think, though, it's 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 the onus is on them to sort of cherry pick what they think is interesting. Um, but, yes, absolutely. That arrangement has been formalized so we can send clips. Um, well, thank God. So, yeah, thank God. Thank God. Anything else you want to ask me? Um, no, I, well, what's interesting with you, I, I, I don't know how to take you because you're, you're this antagonist, yet I come here and you're, you're a big softy. My, my feet aren't being held to the fire here. I feel like you're a, a sweet guy when I interact with you, but you're known <laughs> as this, uh, you know, you're the, this the doom and gloom guy. Yes. Well, I, I sometimes get confused because I always have never... I've never wavered from the fact that I love the show. So I never, I'm not one of those people who thinks the show's bad or oh, since Coleman took over, the show's gone downhill. Uh, I'm not one of those things, but I guess, you know, I just will not, I have my own opinions and sometimes that gets me into trouble. I think like I will not just fall into line like some of the other Minna fans. You know, if I think right. something differently, then I'll air those grievances out. You're kind of a bad boy. Ah, yeah. No, not really. I'm a big softy. I think you were right. Um, <laughs> All right, let's anything else? I want to get into these questions with James Lipton. Let's go. All right. So these are 10 questions. So for those listeners out there, inside the actor studio, at the end of every interview, James Lipton used to ask these 10 questions to the actor. And you know, I thought of these because you know, Mike hates taking himself seriously. So I thought this would be <laughs> funny to make himself take him make him take himself very seriously. These questions were originally written by French journalist Bernard Pivot. Um all right, so there's 10 of them, and we'll start. You know them. So first question, what is your favorite word? Hmm. Well, I don't want to say a curse because I know that's also on the list. Yes. So, um, My favorite word. I'm trying to think of one that I say all the time. A lot of people call me out for – do you know any of my crutches, Menners? Hmm. People call me out for these, and I forget what they are sometimes. I don't really know any of your crutches. Just yeah. trying to think. 
I don't know. What, what, what word do you like the sound of? Um, snafu. Snafu. There we go. Yeah. Your favorite word is snafu. What is your least favorite word? I don't have any. I always hate when people say like moister. I don't really have any of those. <laughs> oh, you know what? Burp. Burp is a the gross word. word to me. Oh, I like it. Yeah, I what kind turns of cringe you, when I hear it. What turns you on? We've got to do my James Liston, Lipton delivery. What turns you on, Michael? You know, I mean, this will be. I'm I'm playing into a stereotype here, but generally milf porn, even at my uh, advanced years <laughs> now. I mean, how you went there? I thought you were going to like good comedy, um, <laughs> a well crafted joke. <laughs> yes. Um, what turns you off, Michael? Um, I'll tell you what turns me off because this is a uh, this comes up on the show from time to time. Um, when when callers criticize, like a lot of people, I, I know Kirk has mentioned this that like I don't take jokes well from the callers or whatever. It's particularly when the callers are just like angry, like there isn't a joke there. That's when I don't even really know how to respond. That's what what I I would say is a turn off manners. <laughs> I certainly have done that sometimes. What is your favorite curse word? Cunt. Well, that's my favorite too. Yeah, um, you guys um, use it very liberally down there. We do. It's it's almost a sign of affection here. Ah, you stupid cunt. Ah, I love you, you big cunt, that kind of thing. Um, Bye, Mike. What sound or noise do you love? And this is particularly good considering your vision impairment. What sound do you love or noise? Sound or noise? Interesting. Nope. Nope. Nope, not that one. You're not Julie swallowing? Interesting. <laughs> oh, Julie doing it? Sure, yeah. I'll say that. When Alba unzips your pants, I don't know. Um, nothing sexual. Sexual noises, if uh, I was just listening to them, would kind of gross me out. Um, let me think here. A nice. I love the rain. sound of I love the sound of rain on the roof. I just said that. Look at us. Did you? Yeah, you talked over <laughs> me, but we said it at the same time. How cute of us! Unbelievable. Yeah. Okay. There you go. I actually found a podcast that has that sound. So if I can't sleep, sometimes I put that on. Um, yes. That'll why you're laughing. Um, next question. <laughs> what sound or noise do you hate? What sound or noise do you hate? Um, and you must have a few because your hearing would be super, superhuman. I suppose that's true. Any uh, sort of like screeching as in like, like I like um chalkboard. If a or car has like a squeaky door yeah. or anything like that, any sort of metal, like rusty metal, that sort of shit really bothers me. Yeah, like when Clemmer gets angry. Um, yes. Question eight: What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? stand-up comedy would be the most reasonable for me to attempt um 
Yeah, that probably makes the most sense. I'll go with so Stan. you'd like to attempt that or would be the most reasonable? Like, what would, you know, just take away all the inhibition, Mike. Yeah. What would you like to try, you know? If I was 100% confident I could do it. The other thing with me, like, that I always take into account maybe too much is just, like, seeing, getting on and off stage and shit like that. A lot of that type of shit has stopped me from ever trying it or taking it seriously. Um, I would like to. Yeah, like if I had a hundred percent confidence that I could do it, then yeah, I would like to do that. Well, I think I think next live show you should do an act. Finally, you should do the by Mike comedy routine at a KMS show. Well, I've done it. I I, I did it at the Wilbur, so and it was all well, KMS related stuff. But well, yeah, I think you can do better. Um. <laughs> And, and Justin would walk you in an, on and off stage. As a matter of fact, so, he would well, do yeah, that anywhere. An he would do that like anywhere. That. He would do that anywhere. If you said, I'm, yeah. I'm doing a – he would drive you to the end of the earth and walk you on and off stage. He certainly um, would. Question nine, what profession would you not like to do? And you cannot use being employed by KMS. Um, I mean, in this day and age, men is being a cop. It's a thankless job. <laughs> yeah, okay, good. Doesn't want to be a cop. And final question, Michael Geary, and thank you for joining me. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? You still can't see. <laughs> there we go. That was the 10 questions by James Lipton. Well done, Mike. Thank you very much. Thank you, Manners. I appreciate that. Now, now we're going to just, the standard is going to go right down now because we've got listener questions. And All I right. have had to, to, to wade through some pretty bad ones. I, I just, you know, you know what annoys me, you know, think, think about things that turns me off is that the blind jokes that you get that, oh, you know, someone like, oh, how does blind Mike use Twitter if he's blind? That's a good one. That's actually a great one because it's every time someone that is like new to me in some way or ha hasn't tweeted at me, essentially, you know, if I say I watched this, they're like, how did you watch it? Or yeah, how did you, how do you use Twitter is a big one. Um, yeah, that's a good, that's a good peeve I should have mentioned. All right. First question. This is from DKP. Has Mike listened to the shows that he missed while he was on leave? Uh, no, I mean, here and there when they've come, but no, I haven't gone back and listened to all of them. No, I think, um, one that I was on or one, one that I was away for was like, um, like Carabas getting his asshole licked and the, the, uh, the woman they called, I have cancer, that one. I don't mm -hmm. think I was on that. So like a couple that I've like heard about over time I've listened, but I, I have not gone back and listened all the way through. Next question. Now, Ted Sarandis, big listener to Blind Mike Project. Yes. When you started Blind Mike Project, did you ever think you would get to 800 subscribers? Uh, yeah, I mean, I hope so eventually, or I probably would have never started. If I thought I could never get there, then I don't think I would have started. But yes. Okay. Uh, what do you attribute to your success? This is all from Ted. Um, my, uh, my, my quick wit and personality. Uh, okay. I don't know. I think on on Kirk's show, my best quality is the ability to roll with uh, a bit, like something I pick up on. Definitely, that's funny. Like continuing with that, so I Absolutely. guess that would be an attribution. 
He's asked, will Manners ever be invited on Blind Mike Project? You're not a fan, Manners. You wouldn't, you wouldn't, it wouldn't it. make any sense. I agree. Um, <laughs> it, he doesn't even want it. <laughs> uh, all right. A couple more questions from Ted, but we'll skip them. He's had enough. Barstool Advisor, he just wants me to thank you for your kind words towards him as host of Mike and the Minifans. You must be proud of the way he's doing. Did I say kind words about him? You must have. Okay. Well, yeah, no, he's doing a fantastic job. He's um, he's done the name proud. Chrissy Methuen, when is Tony in Wakefield going to be covered on Why Are You Laughing? Now, Tony is that moron from Saturday Night. Oh, <laughs> Well, I like to give it a few years. You know what I mean? Like, um, I think next year is five years since Shane Gillis got fired from SNL. So I was thinking, like, that could be like, five years is an appropriate amount of time. So maybe in like five or six years, I'll cover Tony. Definitely. Kesa, number one. Can we get another blind, blind Mike drawing t shirt? The OG Kirk drawing is still my favorite KMS shirt, maybe of Manners. Yeah, I mean that's up to those. That's uh that's a Coleman call. I don't know. Um, I don't have a problem with it if they put it up. I guess if that's what you're asking, but I think that would be up to Coleman. And you do another drawing if asked. Oh, oh, like a new. Uh, yeah, would you do sure. a new sketch? Yeah, I don't. I don't know what would the second drawing be because the first one was Kirk. What would be a? What would not be a disappointing follow up? Yeah, I don't know. Certainly, Menes would be a disappointing follow up. <laughs> Anyway, it's a good question. Thank you, Casey. Number one, Jesse James. When Kirk is in the mood to throw things, how scared are you that you're going to take some friendly fire? <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say I'm scared. I don't think. I don't think he would. Th I don't think he would throw anything that could physically hurt me at me. Maybe a maybe a pen or a highlighter or something. But yeah, I don't I think he'd throw anything at you. But he might throw something like it at the TV and it bounces off and smacks you. I think that's the issue oh well yeah i've lived in blissful ignorance because i haven't really thought of that yeah, i'll see you going in next week with like a gridiron helmet on or something <laughs> <laughs> um a couple more questions andy mayo did you ever end up watching the shield no he's asked me this for many years i still have not seen michael chickles in the shield yet terrible question from mayo Will the blind, this is from Michael Maserati, who asked like 10 bad questions. This is about the best one. Will Blind Mike and Blind Mike Project ever do a live show? Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Yes, it's at some point. I'm not like anxious to do. I'm not, you know, on the edge of my seat, chomping at the bit to do it. Um, but yeah, I think we will at some point. I think it'd be great to do it. Like if, if KMS is doing a live show somewhere on a Saturday, wouldn't it be fantastic if you could do a show on the Friday night and then? Well, I've done know, that with my fans. That's what I'm saying. That, oh yeah, yeah. That, like it would be a good good way of, um, you know, doing giving everyone an opportunity to go. Oh yeah, 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 for sure, something like that. But the thing is, like, if I was going to do a blind mic project, like I'm aware it would be all Mina fans there, but I would also want to pe want people to want to go for the show rather than just being nice and buying a ticket. You know what I mean? So that's my, my that's my hesitance to do it, I think. People would definitely want to go. Um, Maybe someday. Last question. This is from Minifan Therapist. Does Mike think Kirk has softened over the last few months? And if so, why? <laughs> I mean, I, I watched the TV get smashed like a week ago. So no, I don't think so. I do think he has 
definitely softened a lot in the last couple of years, though. I mean, I don't want to go into like well, softened out. Like, is he more more well, I, mature now, where he might not smash a TV as often, or is it no, so, like softened sounds like a, a negative connotation? But I don't think of it that way, really. Yeah, I don't want to say like he's you know soft as baby shit or anything, but I just think um, he seems in a good place with the show, with his life. I'm not even going to psychoanalyze yeah. it, but I just feel thing? that. No, no, it's not. Absolutely no. not. I'm not saying it's not a bad thing at all, but I just think, you know, you look at the way the show started coming out of EEI, all the problems there, starting the show. I, I feel like now he's just more comfortable. Yeah, um, so now he's more like a guy who didn't just get kicked out of a city or yeah. leave a shitty situation with an activist hounding him day and night and all that that's shit. It. Like, I think that's a natural. Yeah, that's, that's natural, I would assume, if that's not in your life anymore. Like, the idea, that doesn't, I mean... To say it doesn't get talked about enough, I know every Minifan knows, but like, um, the idea of having Bob Murchison in your life does seem fucking miserable. Like, I don't know how anyone could take that really. That's just a, a plague to have. Like, especially, I think it gets overlooked because it was a a job in like a podcasting job, so Kirk could talk about it in a funny way. But imagine you're a fucking salesman, you know what I mean? You're just a nine to five yeah. worker or something, and you have a guy like Bob Murchison in your life. That's hell, definitely. And he also. Like, he, you know, he, early on when Steve was there, he did those episodes where he really killed Steve. But even with Cullinane and the Plymouth disaster, he never really went off at him. He just did the whole I'm disappointed in you act and it made yeah, he went off quit. at Cullinane a couple of times. I remember there was an episode where he came. I forget exactly what happened, but it was like Cullinane kept texting him being like, oh, let me. It was Wasn't like it his, that story about his that father-in-law he kept locked his keys out of the car at his yes, house or something it. like that? Um, it was something like that, and it was a you know a ten minute episode or whatever in Kirk. So like there there are still instances like that, and he just blew up on Gus last week. So yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think he's he's said a couple times like he understands it's a learning process with those guys. So maybe he's going easier on them in the first month and a half than he will in a year and a half. But um, no, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't say softened. I would say more. He said a few times he's hand he handles things more maturely maybe than he would have in prior years i agree that's a very good way of um, looking at it and i do think it is and i know this like is very self-evident but the way he's able to make everything about the show content is quite admirable because like it's very hard to do that in a professional sense like but everything is for content like there's this there's no off mic, um, there's very little off mic stuff, um, which which is astounding. Yeah, I mean, virtually none. Like, Mil you know, the lunch at Milton's or whatever wasn't recorded, but it's like we'll talk about that on the show the next day or whatever. Mm. Um, so yeah, there, there, it pretty much all happens on the show or is content for the show. It's just he's the boss and he still manages to do that. It's it's incredible. Yeah. All right, they are all the listener questions. Thanks, everybody, for writing in. It's the most popular segment in podcasting. Now, we end every minute fandom with a tribute to Red's dead parents and some recommendations for what they're going to oh. stream up in heaven. You know, what have you been watching lately, Mike? Um, I need, I need a good show. I've watched a couple movies recently um, and a couple comedy specials, but I don't have a good show that I've uh, What movies did you watch? Either. Um, I mentioned today I watched uh, that Ray Romano movie somewhere in Queens. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, I recently watched a movie on YouTube 
called Punching the Clown. It's about stand-up, and I thought it was very good. Um, so check those out if you want. I want to watch, uh, I have on my list the Stallone documentary that Kirk mentioned. Yeah. Um, the Killer mm-hmm. that he mentioned today. And Watched then there was another night. documentary. There was another documentary he mentioned today. I can't remember it, though. Okay. Brilliant. Um, but yeah, th- th- those will be on my list to stream. But yeah, if anyone has a good show on like Netflix or HBO to sink my teeth and do, let me know. Well, I've got a good show for you. Do you have Paramount Plus? Um, I believe so. Yes. So there's a really fun new comedy on there. It's called Colin from Accounts. It's just premiered in the States on Paramount Plus. It's an Australian show, and the the stars are friends of mine. They wrote it and um, produced it. But, yeah, it's, oh. really, it, it's right up your alley. It's a comedy about half hour an episode. Colin, Colin from, from Accounts. C-O-L-I-N? Yep, and I recommend all, right. all the Minifans go and watch it. A really good friend of mine is the star and his wife, and you would have seen them. They've, both of them have done a lot of stuff in the States. She was in um, American Auto and he was on um, Evil and stuff. But, yeah, Colin from Accounts. Um, I watched The Killer last night. It's funny you mentioned that. I thought it was pretty good. You know, I sort of had a 10, probably six and a half, seven out of 10. Very watchable. Probably a bit slow at times, but a okay. good show. How about for someone like me? Because I know like action movies I get lost in because no dialogue. Would I like it? Yes, because there's a sort of an internal dialogue going on with the main character. So, gotcha. Yeah, okay. I watched it with my eyes open, so it's hard for me to give you a proper answer. But I think <laughs> I understand. I think you'd enjoy it. Um, a right. couple of other things I've watched recently. There's a new show called Lawman Bass Reeves from the Yellowstone family. This is, I think, ah. about the first African American U.S. marshal. I've watched three episodes. Of that it's pretty good. If you like a western, you'll definitely enjoy this. Okay. And then I watched two movies recently. I'm going on a bit of a war thing. I watched The Dirty Dozen, which does not hold up now. It's, it's I think, from the late 60s. or It's terrible. Don't watch it. It's, it's really does not hold up at all. And then I watched Saving Private Ryan. That kind of doesn't hold up for me anymore either. Like, it's, it's, the action's good, but I don't know. There's just too much Spielbergness in that film for me to really dig it. I get what you're saying. I like aspects of Saving Private, but I think I think I know what you mean with that. Where there's uh, there's large chunks that aren't great. Yeah, and the ending um, is kind of silly. Yeah, the ending's silly, and yeah, it just it doesn't grab me. There's a lot better war content out there. Band of Brothers, for example. So that's what I've been watching. I recommend uh, Colin from Accounts. Well, Mike, thanks for joining me. I'm in a fan, and it's been great to catch up. Um, Hopefully, I'll you know be in studio next year. Um, we can oh. have an in-person reunion again because um, I've I've still actually never been in studio on the main show. You would you that that's a goal of yours, I assume. Well, not anymore because I've seen who's been in there, so it's, it's like it's not a huge achievement. Um, <laughs> but um, it, it's funny that I kind of paved the way. It's funny that I kind of paved the way for everybody. Like I a bit like the network, I was breaking down barriers. You know, you think about the great, you know, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, Menas, people that have, have made great change. You know, I was, you know, bashing my hands on the desk that Minifan should be allowed in studio. Um, you know, Kirk went through that phase where he didn't want to. And finally, when he listened to me, I think actually it's really enhanced the show because we get all these wacky characters in there. And even if it's only once, it, it just adds to the world. So, yeah, you know, they can all thank me. 
Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure that's how he views it. Is finally listening to Menners. <laughs> exactly. All right, Mike. I'm going to stop the recording now. Thanks very much for joining me. I'm in a fandom. Uh, listeners, um, go and support Mike on the Buy Mike Project. And why are you laughing? Or why are they laughing? Don't say that. Hilarious. Don't laugh for that. Blind Mike done that, folks. Blind Mike done I'm just going to be If anybody listening to this show, definitely subscribe to it. Um, but yeah, I'll be back soon, hopefully, with Jeff D. Lowe. Thanks, Mike. Yeah! <laughs> he fucked up a man down under. <laughs> <laughs>